Turns out, this is much harder than I anticipated. If you're wondering what this is, this is our look at Philippians 4 and uh, continuing to ask the questions, uh, what does it mean to set our minds on the things that are true and lovely and praiseworthy and all of that? If that's uh, if you weren't with us yesterday, I will explain uh, in a moment what we're actually trying to accomplish here. But I want to let you know up front, I'm going to need your help. So all of you who are logged in, you're going to have to interact with me and uh, and help me figure this out. Uh, one of the reasons this is hard is we are all coming from very different perspectives and backgrounds, and I don't know all that you're uh, going through and, and where you're at. So. Uh, let's dig in this together. My name is Doug. If you're new with us and we are working our way through the book of Philippians and we're in chapter four, getting near the end. And uh, we gather here every Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, and we study together and uh, and dig in. So uh, here's, here's where we're at. Let me just uh, pull this up for you. Philippians 4, 8 and 9, and I'll just read these to you and then explain what we're trying to accomplish here. He says, finally, Brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So yesterday, we kind of gave an overview of those two verses, and it occurred to me that we, we may know these, these passages. There are other like uh, passages, for instance, in Colossians, that talks about what we uh, dwell on, what we set our minds on, that kind of thing. And we have this list of things that we're to think about, and it's easy to read them and say, yep, I should do that, and then move on. And so I asked the question to those who are with us, is this worth slowing down and, and kind of unpacking several of these uh, and really spend some time here? And, and everyone said yes. So thought, great, let's do that. <laughs> Excuse me. Still, uh, dealing, with, still dealing with the, the cold or COVID or whatever I have. Um, and so as I started thinking through this uh, for myself, I realized, okay, I can, I can get where I need to get in response to these things, but what about helping somebody else get there? Uh, so that's where I'm going to need your help. Let's talk through this together. So feel free, uh, put your comments in the chat, give me your ideas and your thoughts. So again, by way of review, uh, let me remind you, Paul says here, uh, dwell on these things. And, and we talked about how that means focus your attention, concentrate, uh, take some extended time in thinking about these things. Well, what things? Well, in summary, he says, if there's anything excellent or any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise. Now, if you may, you may remember that we discussed that this is a broad, these are broad statements and they're, uh, they go beyond just our normal Christian thinking. The way Paul has has laid this out and the specific words that he chose here, uh, he seems to be drawing from uh, common, uh, accepted, culturally accepted virtues. This idea of, of moral excellence and worthy of praise. He's not simply saying, focus on, on the Bible, for instance. Uh, and, and I want to 
qualify again, we all should spend a lot of our meditation time on the truth of God's word. So in, in no way am I suggesting we minimize that. But God's revelation is is bigger than, it goes beyond the scripture. Uh, in theology, we talk about two kinds of revelation, two two different ways that God reveals himself. In fact, you might argue there are three ways that God reveals himself. Uh, he revealed himself fully and finally in his son. So we look to Jesus to know about God and what he wants because he is the son of God. Then there's there's special revelation. That's the, the Bible. Uh, you can only learn the gospel, the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus in his word. He didn't reveal that truth anywhere else. It's in the scripture. And, and so we need to know the, those special things that can only be uh, revealed to us in the Word. That's why we need to study the Word. But then we also talk about general revelation, or sometimes it's referred to natural revelation. God is revealing himself in all of nature, all of, of creation, civilization, uh, what we call the laws of physics or the laws of nature or human nature. All of those things tell us things about God's truth and God's world. Uh, the Bible itself tells us that. Uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory, glory of God. Uh, they, every, if we listen to, to the world around us, if we observe, we see God's, uh, God's work and God's revelation. Uh, Romans 1 talks about how people who, who never hear the truth of the gospel, who never get a Bible in their hands, as they look out at the world, they know something about God. Now, they don't know the death and resurrection of Jesus. They don't know enough to be saved from, from the consequences of their sin, but they do know enough uh, that there is a God who created all of this and they should honor him and give him thanks. That's, that's all part of God's natural revelation in, in, in the world, in the universe. So this list of, of virtues that Paul grabs here and tells us to ponder uh, appears to be taken more from the the general. All people would agree uh, with these things. Uh, maybe that's an overstatement, but but these are general truths, general virtues that uh, that we should all um, uh, ponder. So that's kind of the setup, and we decided to go through each of these uh, slowly. So here's the first one. Paul says. Uh, whatever is true, let your mind dwell on these things. What, and he's, the first one he lists here is whatever is true. Okay. So as I was pondering, how do we, how do we work through this together? Um, uh, I was, uh, hold on. Uh, Keith here says, I disagree. Whenever I see the words, I disagree. I want to, I disagree. We need to keep in our minds what we see and study in the Bible. Um, yeah, did I say anything different from that? I don't think I was suggesting, I, I certainly was not trying to suggest that we don't think about what we see in the study of the Bible, of course, but the Bible itself tells us the heavens declare the glory of God and that God created all things, that, um, that everything that is true comes from God. And the Bible doesn't tell us everything. The Bible tells us what we need to know about Jesus, um, and that's the, the point of the Bible. But God's truth is, is not restricted to the Bible. And again, what I'm suggesting is 
when Paul gives this instruction here in Philippians 4, he is pointing to some things that are outside of the Bible, not in contradiction and not to replace the Bible, but they point to things outside uh, the Bible exclusively, put it that way. So I don't think we really disagree here. And that's why I've said over and over again, yesterday and today, this is in no way to suggest that we should restrict or limit our time in the Word just uh, to also ponder these uh, more general truths. So that's what we're going to do here. So whatever is true, let your mind dwell on the things that are true. So as I was working through this, thinking, okay, what, what do we allow to to draw our minds what what inputs do you allow so so hopefully we're all allowing the bible to do this but let's let's set that aside for a moment what else do you allow to to shape your thinking to fill your mind and go ahead and if you would uh, uh, just put some things in the chat here what what are the inputs what are the things that are filling your mind uh, what are the different ways that you um, uh, that steer your thinking? And again, this is hard because we're all in different stages of life. Some of you are retired. So you have maybe more <coughs> what we would call free time, uh, more disposable time, uh, right? You're not, you're not required to, to be uh, at a job right now. So you, you have the opportunity for a lot of inputs. Uh, some of you are working full time, and so you've got coworkers uh, that are, you know, and and supervisors and others who are filling your mind with things. But then you've got your drive to work, your drive home, um, you've got your your weekends or whatever your schedule is, your days off, that kind of thing. So what what are you filling your mind with uh, in those times? Uh, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're, you're busy working with kids, maybe you're homeschooling, lots to do there, but then you have some, some breathing room, some downtime. What's filling your mind? What's shaping your, your thoughts uh, as you do, uh, as you go through that? Um, and again, we're all, maybe you're a college student, and you have a lot of textbooks and professors' words and, and class discussions uh, that are filling your mind. Um, okay, so I see a couple responses here. Uh, Keith says, uh, and we should share what we learn, can't listen to the news, what's going on around us, uh, pray without ceasing. Yes, yes. Uh, Karen says, be thankful and content with what God has given me. Good. Uh, Keith says again, keep our minds centered on what we know. Yes. So, But more specifically, what I'm asking is, uh, what are you consuming? Now, now Keith hit on one of them, the news. Uh, we, most of us, allow some version of the news to, to really fill our minds. Uh, so let me answer the question for us. Um, here are some of the things that we receive input that we, uh, uh, that we allow to shape our, how we dwell on things. And they are, um, books, whether you like Kindle books or hard books uh, or audio books, uh, we, we allow books to cause, to steer our thinking, uh, podcasts. If you listen to <coughs> any podcasts or this live stream, this kind of thing would qualify for what I'm calling podcasts, videos, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, entertainment, uh, 
television shows, movies, Netflix, Prime Video, uh, those all shape our thinking. Um, social media, if you're on any of the biggest social media platforms, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, um, and any of the, the Twitter replacements that are, are heading that direction, uh, they all, TikTok, they all influence your thinking. They all cause you and, and stimulate thoughts. Um, yeah, the news is a big one. In fact, it's a really big one, uh, especially if, if you allow yourself to listen to different groups. So uh, that's the question I'm asking. Are you aware of all of these? Th- basically, anytime you are consuming content or listening to somebody, that those things are focusing your thoughts. They are shaping your thoughts. They are they're causing your mind to dwell on things. It, it just it's just true. Uh, conversations you have with your spouse or your kids that those all move your thoughts. So you you know you have a conversation around the dinner table and then you walk over to wash dishes or go in the other room or whatever, and now your mind is is thinking about some of these things. So we're supposed to focus on what is true. Paul says, "Let your mind dwell on what is." true. So as I pondered all those different inputs that we have, um, I, I started thinking, okay, what is it that, what, what's the opposite of true? Well, of course, it's, it's falsehoods. It's, it's lies. And, and what is the source of, of lies for most of us? And I, I kind of settled in on these three big ones and see if any of these resonate with you. Uh, the, the lies, the things that maybe distract us from focusing on truth is, uh, or are, um, fantasies, feelings, and fake news. (laughs) My guess is if you're not pondering things that are true, it's largely because you're pondering fantasy, feelings, or fake news. So let me, let me flesh that out a little bit and you tell me if, uh, if any of that resonates with you. Uh, fantasies, it's a, it's a broad term, but oh, how easily <coughs> we um, get caught up in, in dreams. Not, I don't mean you know literal dreams, but oh, if only things were like that. If only I had this relationship. It, it could be if you, if you wish you were married. If only I were married, then, oh, life would be so good. If you are married, if only my marriage was like this. Oh, if my children were just like that. Maybe you don't have children. Oh, if only I had children. If only I had uh, this kind of job. If only I had, only, if only I was retired, uh, then I could just enjoy so much life. Or, oh, if only I was young and could work again or, or whatever. But we, we, we allow, uh, and, and movies, and books can be really awful in distracting us from what is true by drawing us to this fantasy fairy tale ideals. And we need to be very upfront with our thinking. Fantasy is not reality. Uh, the Proverbs talks about this. The, the people who, who starve to death are those who are looking to the sun, looking, looking to the horizon for the next big thing, the next get rich scheme or whatever. No, the reality is you need to work hard and you need to put in the time to, to make a living. That's true. 
<laughs> What's true is you need to work hard. You need to get skills. You need to, to be prepared to, uh, to generate income in order to pay your bills. And if you want a, a better quality of life, you need to put in the work to, to do it. And, and that's slow process typically for every, you know, someone who strikes it rich uh, quickly um, the vast majority of people who are wealthy have worked hard. You look at someone like Elon Musk, uh, you know, we just see his spaceships, which are um, impressive. And uh, the, the fact that he thinks he can sustain life on Mars here pretty soon, and they're working out their, their plans to, to, to get there and, and how they're going to keep people alive for six months and, and all of that. Uh, you know, we see, the, see him on the news. We see, we see the big reports. But by his own testimony, the man, you know, works 90 hours a week. And yeah, he's, he's the richest man in the world. He's a billionaire. Uh, he's, um, he's spent, uh, he, we, we see that he's had success in many different endeavors, but what we don't see are the, the hours and hours and hours he spends working. So fantasy can get in the way of truth. Um, feelings, how we feel. Feelings are not true. Feelings are not necessarily false. Feelings aren't are true or false, they're just experiences. But we determine what is true very easily based on our feelings. <laughs> Excuse me. If we feel like that person believes this about us, then we just decide it's true. Well, I felt like uh, the way she looked at me that she was mad at me. That is a nonsense statement. Your feelings have nothing to do with whether she's mad at you. Um, and we do this all the time with people. Oh, I feel like they're judging me because I'm not wearing a mask. That is a nonsense statement. That's not true. You can't read people's minds. I can't read people's minds. Uh, that's why we have to engage in dialogue and, and assume the best of others because if we allow those feelings to drive us, then, then we're believing lies instead of what is true. Uh, and then thirdly, fake news. Uh, and this is very prevalent. Uh, we listen to people on our side, right? If you, the liberals love liberal media, just scan the CNN homepage, watch a couple of their shows, and you realize uh, it's it, they have a business model to make money, and so they are going to make money. Well, the same is true on right wing media. I don't know how many times I've heard Christians, you know, they, they'll call out CNN and, and other uh, left news and then turn around and say, but I trust Fox or I trust Ben Shapiro or I trust Breitbart or I trust Steve Bannon, what, all down the list of the right wing guys. They all have a business model. They're trying to make money. They want clicks. They want followers. That's what's driving them. And you're just as naive to follow those who agree with you who th and think that they simply are telling you the truth. Don't be naive, friends. Don't be naive. The, I, I just was sent an email today uh, with a video of someone who had put together this very alarming video that, uh, that Pfizer <coughs> is trying to kill conservatives and that the death toll from those who are receiving certain vaccines um, uh, the death toll is higher in red states because they're trying to take out the uh, conservatives. Come on, um, don't 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 just don't believe fake news on any side. Uh, everybody has an agenda. 
They're trying to get you to follow them. And the more sensational and alarming they can be, the more they will draw your attention. Um, so a couple couple comments here. Let me uh, pull these up here. Lon says, uh, regarding news, try to discern what is not opinion but true. I do not close out all news. I do not think that it is God's will, though I have a friend who has chosen this course. Um, yeah, and the, and the difficulty here is uh, sorting through what is true because we so easily think that what we agree with or what we want to hear is true. So I agree with you. Um, we need to... Uh, sort through it, but that's really hard. People are telling us things that we can't verify. Uh, it's very difficult to fact check any of these things. And again, we so naively think um, uh, that that people uh, people who are popular in media, they got that way because they're attractive and seem sincere and trustworthy. That's their job. And we can so easily get, get sucked in and seduce that. Uh, Lon also says, I enjoy history books as a source of truth. Again, trying to discern whether there's an author bias. Yeah, exactly. You know, they say that the winners write history. <laughs> and everybody's got a bias. That, you know, the starting place of everything we read and, and all the input we receive is everybody has bias. I have bias. I have bias. You can't just trust everything I say. We all have bias, and, and we gravitate toward those folks who say what we want to hear. And so we've got to constantly be trying to expose our biases and the biases of others. If there's money involved, then we should be very, very careful, right? So again, all the, all the, the media folks on every side of these things. There's money involved. They are making lots of money by getting people to follow them. And that is every bit as true on the right as is the left. So don't be naive. Um, so it, it's, just, it's just hard. And we need to be very, very careful not to be seduced uh, by those who are on our side of things. So those are all the things to be, to be careful of. How do we allow ourselves to ponder what is true? It, it's telling, I think, <coughs> if you know who uh, John Krasinski, I think is how you say his name. He was on the show The Office and uh, in A Quiet Place. I think he wrote, directed, produced a couple movies, A Quiet Place. Um, he, during the, the initial COVID lockdowns, he started uh, a uh, some good news is what it was called. And uh, the goal was to uh, produce feel-good stuff, he called it, and, and not be like the rest of the media, but just do good news. And uh, they're not putting out content anymore. It was short-lived. I don't know if the design was merely to, to give some good news during the lockdown, but isn't it interesting that uh, that kind of thing didn't take off? You know, we don't have major news networks or major news shows that uh, just tell us truth, unbiased, and and good news. You know, the old cliche in the news is if it bleeds, it leads, right? Uh, the sensational, the alarming, um, think what's going on with Ukraine. You've got Ukraine telling us there's no significant change in what Russia is doing in Ukraine. And you've got the U.S. media sounding the alarm that we're about to go to war. Who do we believe? Yeah. 
So what is true? Well, I can't answer that for you. I mean, there's lots of true things, right? I can't, I can't tell you what to ponder specifically, but think through these inputs and maybe, maybe agree to shut off some of the, the, the typical inputs that you have and say, okay, what can I read? This is where reading, uh, and I think Lon hit it, reading history can be helpful um, because it's not a pertinent, it's not a, it's not a current um, draw to the sensational, to the alarming, to the negative, right? So there, there's nothing urgent about reading history. And you can find historians who appear to be laying out the good with the bad. You know, think back to church history. It's, uh, it, it's, think if you're, if you lean toward reform theology at all, we go back and, and the reformed guys, they uphold like John Calvin as one of the great scholars and theologians uh, of our day, uh, or not of our day, but of, of Christianity, the church history. And there's no doubt John Calvin, uh, regardless of what you think about some of his conclusions, he had a very high view of the word of God. And that's really good. And he had a high view of God's sovereignty. And that's good. So many today don't let God be God. They don't think he's in charge. They don't think he's really God, that, that he's sort of sacrificed his, his sovereignty for man's freedom. It's absolutely not true. We have much to learn from someone like John Calvin. But there's a lot of things that John Calvin did that are uh, just horrendous. Uh, he was in favor of um, uh, executing certain heretics. Well, that's not good. The church should not have control of the sword. That belongs to the state. Um, and, and he was approving of persecution of some who disagreed with what he thought was true. Now, it's one thing to say we need to continue to preach and teach against heresy. Of course we should. But we shouldn't want physical harm to come to them at the hands of the state or the church. That's not a new covenant ethic. <coughs> so if you're reading someone describing John Calvin, for instance, and telling the history of John Calvin, hopefully you're going to find somebody that's going to, you know, present it warts and all, <laughs> tell the good with the bad, be as objective as they can. And that's what Lon's getting at. And I think that's, that's really good. And, and as we study history from someone who's trying to not be biased, uh, we can, we can learn a lot that's true, that reveals God's blessing and glory through history. And, and as uh, things have expanded, as we've gained more knowledge in, in the world, and uh, technology has, has advanced, and we'll talk more about that in upcoming days. Uh, those are really great things to ponder and to consider. So do you have other thoughts? Um, uh, what, what are things that are true, that are worthy of our time? What are things that, that are true? Uh, that they're not fantasy. Uh, they're not based on feel-good things that just stir up positive emotions, uh, although Truth will do that at times. Uh, they're not based on fake news, but where else can you go to, to stimulate your mind with things that are true? 
I do think books are a good source for that. But we need to be careful that they're, they're not just uh, modern, um, alarming, sensational books. Do you have other thoughts? How, how, do, you, how do you focus your mind on truth? Uh, there are good podcasts. I think um, there are certain nature uh, shows that, that can be uh, good. Uh, now, unfortunately, most nature shows are also wrapped up in, uh, in evolution, in the lies of evolution and that kind of thing. Uh, there are some. Uh, there's one called, uh, it's by Nathan Wilson, I believe, produced it. Uh, something about the river, hmm, can't, can't quite get the, the title at the moment, uh, River Dance or something. Uh, but you can find some, some people who've produced some great uh, visually engaging uh, portrayals of, of nature in, in ways that just boggle the mind and we, and we see God's work there. Uh, Lon says, oh, let me put this up here. Lon says, uh, we have discernment as followers of Christ and need to seek the Spirit's guidance as we seek truth. Uh, yeah, very much so. So that's true. What I'm trying to help us very practically is, okay, we seek the Spirit's guidance into what areas? Right? We live in this, this huge world. And there is so much truth. God is revealing his truth all over the place. Well, this kind of leads into where we're going to go as we examine the rest of these virtues, as we, as we talk about the things, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully my cough will get better as we go, uh, as we talk about things that are honorable and pure and right and praiseworthy, uh, we're going to continue to talk about those things in upcoming days. Uh, we do need the Spirit's guidance and the Word of God, but we need to explore this whole world that God has, has given us and truth uh, and we need to get, we need, we need to, we need to be constantly filling our minds with these things. You know, I think of things like, uh, rational thinking. I, I'm weird like that. I, I studied logic and I've taught logic. I love to, to ponder how God created this world that, um, truth and, and rationality, those are real things. And, uh, we, we can think rationally, but it takes some work to challenge assumptions and premises and get to a, a true conclusion. Uh, mathematics, the fact that two plus two equals four. Uh, now that seems simplistic and, and obvious, but why does two plus two always equal four? Because God made a rational world. And I'm, st I'm reading a book by uh, C.S. Lewis on words and how language works. And it's fascinating to, to think about that and to, to ponder our use of words and, and language itself. You know, I, I took a little bit of Spanish in high school and college. I studied New Testament Greek, and, and now I teach New Testament Greek. And along with the truth of God that I uh, get to learn in the original language of the New Testament, to also think through how language works and how God in his grace has allowed mankind to develop language and the rules of grammar and, and how they communicate things. For me to sit and ponder that 
causes me to worship God and thank God for, for language and, and, uh, and English, if that's your first language and, and whatever. My, my daughter uh, does ASL. She's a, a sign language interpreter. And to watch as she has learned that language and now communicates that language and is, is an interpreter for people and, and helping deaf people go to doctor's appointments. And, and she's the go-between to help the doctor communicate to the patient and the patient to communicate to the doctor, which is very, very important, uh, right? If you, if you can't speak the same language and you're sick, uh, to have someone that can help you communicate so that, uh, you know, the doctor can, can help heal the, the, the patient. Uh, that's wonderful. It's a great gift. And, and to think about how someone has developed this language where uh, deaf people can communicate. Uh, it's fascinating and it's wonderful and it's, it's worth pondering and setting our minds on those kinds of things to just reflect on God's grace, gracious, uh, grace and power and glory. Uh, and all that he's doing for us as, as humans. So uh, our time is up. We're going to leave it there. But let me encourage you today, again, scrutinize, evaluate what it is that you allow to, uh, to, to steer your thinking. And then take charge of what you think and focus it on things that are true. And beware of fantasy, beware of feelings, and beware of fake news. With that, I'll leave you. Grace and peace to you, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. God bless.